0: Yo to New Zealand, good morning. Welcome to News Talk ZB. I am Jack Tame back with you for the first time in 2022 after enjoying a luxurious long summer holiday. And I am delighted to be back with you this Saturday morning. I've got to admit, um, it felt like a summer holiday on borrowed time. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, it, it is it's kind of remarkable we made it this far without Omicron sweeping through. You know, New Zealand enjoyed Christmas without widespread community transmission. Despite DJ Dimension, we made it through the new year and most of January. But I think we can all see the end is nigh. It's quite feasible that by this time next week, our Omicron daily case numbers will be in the thousands. Gulp. Timing's everything in the COVID-19 response. In December, opposition MPs wanted the borders opened to people travelling from so-called low-risk countries, including Australia, so long as they had had two vaccinations, tested negative before travelling and were prepared to isolate at home. But judging by the number of people who tested negative before travelling, then turned up in MIQ and, what do you know, tested positive for Omicron, you can only imagine how much faster the new variant would have been circling here if we'd made that decision. All up, the hesitance to relax border restrictions probably bought us six weeks, maybe. Time for the summer holidays, sure, but also time for a lot of Kiwis to receive their booster jabs. Unfortunately, I'm not one of them. Because I was in group four, even though I got my first and second vaccine doses as soon as I possibly could, I don't qualify for a booster until after Waitangi Day. That means that I won't benefit from the full effect of the booster shot until the last week of February. Again, timing is everything. If the original vaccine rollout had come just a little bit sooner, just a few weeks sooner, me and hundreds of thousands of other New Zealanders would have had the chance to be much more protected against this variant before we hit thousands of daily cases. I think, um, I think the government deserves... A bit of a serve for the rapid antigen test debacle. I understand the theory behind wanting to control the limited stocks. They want to make sure everyone has access regardless of where they are in the country to those rapid tests. And theoretically, they can control the supply to different regions depending on where the outbreak is flaring up. All of that stuff makes sense. But a more prudent approach would have meant we could do both, right? we would have had enough public tests available for everyone who needed one, and businesses that wanted to be extra cautious could use their own private supplies for maintenance testing their staff. The government is effectively pushing in the queue and bullying out private orders. What did I say? Timing. Timing. It wouldn't have been necessary if the Ministry of Health had acquired more tests earlier. In the long run, though... These are probably not the things that are going to stick in our minds or the things by which we will judge the overall COVID response. In all likelihood, tens or hundreds of thousands of New Zealanders are about to contract the virus. It will be our biggest infection since the start of the pandemic, maybe our biggest from the pandemic as a whole. The most important measure will be how New Zealand manages the surge of cases. Can we keep the pot on a gentle simmer? protecting our healthcare services? Or will it boil and bubble and overflow? There's reason to be optimistic. We're a highly vaccinated society. The New York Times reported this week that people who have been double vaccinated and boosted face a greater risk by getting in a car than they do from Omicron. That doesn't mean that everyone is protected, no. But if we're able to manage Omicron, provided there are no new strains there can be few sensible arguments from stopping New Zealanders abroad from finally coming home. Dare we cross our fingers? Dare we hope that this might be the beginning of the end?